everybody, and welcome to Dyslexic Season 3, Episode 30. Fun fact, this was supposed to be Episode 31, but you know, life happens. So we're at Episode 30, and it's still spooky season, and I'm still excited because although we're coming, spooky season's coming to a close, and I'm a little sad about that. It's been a really awesome spooky season this year. It's been a really awesome Halloween season. I am so excited for Halloween. It's going to be a blast. Um... But what I'm also excited about is today's episode, because today we're doing our first theme park throwback in a hot minute. And I cannot wait, because these are probably my favorite episodes to make. So I am so excited. Um, now today we are traveling back to experience one of uh, some of our favorite mazes, so that might help you figure out what coast we're on, um, at the Iconic the wonderful, the nightmarish, the first theme park Halloween event in the United States, Not Scary Farm. So, let's jump scare right into this episode. See what it did. <laughs> <laughs> you already hear another giggle with me, and it's it, it is one of my best friends and one of my favorite people on the earth. Joining me today is Dyslexic cast member, season two winner of Ultimate Imagineer, and Coaster King of the North, Parker. Welcome back, Parker. Boo to you! Boo to you, too! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. Thank you for having me. I'm always happy to be here, especially for a good, spooky time. Me too. You have been a part of Spooky Season, I think, for all three seasons now, and I just, I you know, I just can't, I can't not let you be a part of Spooky Season. So I'm so happy you said yes to joining me on this episode. Now, <laughs> before we get started, I do want to preface this to everyone. Not that you need to know this information, but I think it's interesting. So Parker and I are both very huge Not Scary Farm fans, but sure. neither one of us has ever been to the event. And neither one of us has ever been to the state of California. Also too, unfortunately, <laughs> tragically. <laughs> I am from the Midwest and do not have a ton of money. And Parker is from Canada. And it's just so hard to get across the country or, you know, to just another country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here and there. Um, so, although we've never been, we have both been fans of the event for years. Mm -hmm. And... I personally have been following the event since since about 2009. Um, and although, probably about 2008 actually, but although I've never been to Not Scary Farm, I have been to another Cedar Fair haunt. And if you know anything about the Cedar Fair chain, and especially their Halloween events, you know that Not's um, properties, like their, their creations, their characters, their visions, eventually end up trickling down throughout the rest of the chain. Um, so Knott's is really the powerhouse for all haunt around the Cedar Fair chain, at least in my personal opinion. Um, <clears throat> it really revolutionized. It was the first theme park Halloween event in the country. So, uh, yeah, not only did it inspire all your other faves, um, it even trickles down through the Knott's or through the Cedar Fair chain. And I personally have been to Kings Island's haunt and Parker, you have been to which one? Uh, Canada's Wonderland's Halloween haunt. So, yeah. <laughs> so we both we both have Cedar Fair haunt experience. We get how the houses work, or in California, the mazes. Um, you know, we get the scare zones. We get the vibe of haunt. So we we understand what Knott's is like. 
Um, mm-hmm. We just have not been able to go to Scary Farm. Um, so with that, we do have some experience with Cedar Fair Halloween Haunt and some even some of the Knott's properties, actually. <clears throat> um, so for me personally, um, going to Kings Island, I've been to Haunt three or four times and a few of the Knott's Scary Farm properties actually have weave their way into uh, Halloween Haunt at Kings Island. Um, one of them, uh, one of them being Pumpkin Eater, that is currently at Knott's this year and has been for a couple years now as a maze, is a scare zone at Kings Island. And Dark Entities is also um, uh, the the same maze that is currently at Knott's and has been for a couple years is also a uh, house at uh, Kings Island's Haunt. Um, along with Kings Island has uh, had Club Blood before 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 <laughs> um, Kings Island has had um, that they've had multiple uh, of similar scare zones and uh, houses as knots um, and for Canada's Wonderland I'm gonna let Parker take over that yeah I mean I've been going pretty much every year since. 2014 I want to say but yeah a lot of the same kind of things uh there's a couple on my list that I'm going to mention uh but outside of that we have Club Blood um The Asylum Redbeard's Revenge uh they've all been to Wonderland and and I think there's also a few that have been yes yes (laughs) oh okay interesting Hmm. sorry I didn't mean to cut you off continue Oh, no, no. I, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say. Like I said, there's a few more, but I'm going to save those because those are coming up later and we don't want any spoilers. But uh, I, I find that, um, yeah, <coughs> they all tend to trickle down. I, I'd say the vast majority of Cedar Fair haunt mazes originate from Knott's Berry Farm. They might not be done quite as well. Like I know a few of the ones I'm going to mention that I've experienced at Canada's Wonderland have been done through a much higher level of detail at knots but uh, you know the general premise is still there yeah the general story premise and kind of vibe you you can still get from these uh houses or mazes what do you call them in canada would you say houses or maze i uh, i say maze that that's kind of what the canada's wonderland site always has used and that's just the terminology i've adopted okay i was just interested because like over here we say house like we'll say haunted house or okay. uh like haunted attraction but most people will say haunted house um, and even if you're at Kings Island, like no matter the terminology, if you're walking around Kings Island, you'd be like, I want to go to this haunted house next. You wouldn't. So I mean, that's why I, I think like the general public would still use haunted house, but <laughs> as me, as a uh, <laughs> enthusiast than I am, <laughs> <clears throat> I need to check my haunt map and see if it says house or maze. Um, but we'll check that out later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was just I was just curious. But yeah, like we said, most Cedar Fair parks uh, kind of trickle down with uh, those um, things. Because I even know some parks have had trick or treat. I know some parks have had mm. doll factory. Uh, I know some parks um, have had. Uh, um, I think there's a couple parks that have had like uh, Hatchet High and Paranormal Inc. Um, so you know it that they go around like the creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but now that we've made that and you guys can know that you can now trust us with your not scary farm countdown list let's head back in time and talk about some of our favorite past mazes so Parker 
since you're the guest, I'm going to let you go first. What is your number five maze? Okay, so I am starting off with Cornstalkers, <laughs> which is one of my favorite yes. ones that I've experienced at Canada's Wonderland 2. But um, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, the way that Knott's did it was just to the next level. Uh, from the videos that I've watched of it, you start off in the farmhouse. There's like these evil farmers and there's, there's chicken animatronics. And then uh, the premise basically is that you're going through this corn maze. So there's all these scarecrows and these weird like pumpkin people. There's chainsaws, which are always a classic addition to any haunt maze. And then at one point, I think you go into this shed or this barn or mm -hmm. something. And there's this super disturbing, like, skeleton animatronic. But it's huge. Like, I, I don't know if it's a person or an animal or what. But it just makes these roaring sounds. And it's just, it, it's so disturbing, but in the best way. So, <laughs> yes, just <laughs> everything about it is great. Like, classic corn maze haunt. All the checkboxes are there. And genuinely, like, corn-based haunts and farm-based haunts, I personally find some of the scariest. And I think that's because I grew up on a farm. And so, like, <laughs> I get, like, the horror and, like, spookiness of a farm at night. And yes. So, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I get that. So, King's Island actually also had corn stalkers before, but it actually ended the year before I went. So, I never got to experience it. Um, and they replaced it with a new farm-based maze called Filled of Screams. Um, mm. uh, the year I went, I never got to Cornstalkers, but I I used to watch Cornstalkers very regularly because I've been watching all the uh, not scary farm mazes for years. Because it was actually the first, although it is the first theme park event, I knew about Scary Farm before I knew anything about Halloween Horror Nights um, at all. Like I knew about Scary oh, Farm. Wow. For, yeah, <laughs> I just I, it was one of those things I just kind of stumbled upon it while I was like you know being my nerd self, looking at roller coasters and whatnot. And Love I was that. like, what's that? And I ended up falling in love and being obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Cornstalkers is a great number five. Yes. And, and like I said, like we did have a version of it at Canada's Wonderland, but it was just the corn maze section. So it was kind of the same thing. Whereas um, just the Knott's version just added on so much extra. And I'm like, this, this is what I need. Like I already love the Wonderland version. The Knott's Berry Farm version just takes it to that next level. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> okay, so my number five, um, I wrote this down, but I'm not so sure if I want to switch it, because I wrote down ten, just in case, so <laughs> I'm not so sure I want to switch it with my number nine, actually, and honestly, mm, okay. You know what? I'm going to switch it with my number nine. Um, originally, my number five was going to be Virus Z. I don't know if you remember that maze. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and I normally don't like zombie mazes that much. Just because, I don't know, I just, I feel like they're kind of eh, personally. But <laughs> I'm just not like a zombie part. It's just like not my my thing and but i did like this one because of how they built an entire town and it ended in like a full gym school gymnasium um and uh you know like as you progressed in the maze more and more zombies appeared in each room so you invented you eventually you got bombarded by like 12 scare actors in one room in the gym uh oh, wow but i think the one thing that's gonna bump it down to my number nine and switch over for me 
is because there was one year that they randomly added Carrie in it when the 2017 Carrie remake came out. Um, oh. And it just <laughs> didn't make sense. So everything was zombies until you got to the last room. Yeah. And then there were zombies and Carrie. <laughs> I remember hearing about that. Yeah, so that was special. So I'm going to switch that around, and I'm actually going to put Shadowlands as my number five. Ooh, um, good choice. Shadowlands just closed 20, 2019, I think. I think it was its last year. Mm. Um, and it uh, has been replaced by Mesmer, I think, this year. Um, but Shadowlands was the Japan-inspired haunt uh, maze that was I loved it because it was so detailed and so creative and it was it, it used things that I'd never seen not to do before because um, it was kind of like almost a choose your own adventure maze at, when it as it when it first came out and so you had to choose like left or right which way are you going which th which they've done before um, but I really really liked how they did it with Shadowlands um, so like you know you would go through like um, this spooky haunted forest and you would go through like um, like, uh, like like a tea house and a bathhouse and a school and like all these you know settings where all these like Asian inspired Japanese inspired um, uh, urban legends would take place and you would get to see all these creatures now the only reason I do sometimes feel a little uncomfortable with it is because although they are Japanese inspired legends I know that not always it was a Japanese led cast in the maze mm -hmm. and that makes me put it lower that's why originally it was on my number 9 just because really that overshadows any coolness of the maze in my personal opinion just because you're in California one of the most diverse states in the entire country of the United States so there's really no excuse for that um, True, but I, I am gonna bump it up because it just was so creative, and um, you know, it really was like a celebration of Japanese um, urban legends and culture, and I think that was I, th I do think that's really commendable because it brings kind of a worldly a worldly part and some representation into the event in a more proper way than what they did with a past maze called Dia de los Muertos, which they made into a haunt, kind of scary maze, and that's not really what that holiday is about. Hmm. So Shadowlands kind of brought a a more positive spin on that, in my opinion. So that's why it's my number five. Nice. <clears throat> so what is your number four, Parker? Okay, um, this one, I mean, it, it's kind of basic, but um, Dollhouse, it, it's a good one. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I guess the uh, like the whole like creepy dolls, creepy toys thing. Like, I know it's kind of a common haunt trope, but the way it's done here is just mm -hmm. done really well. And I mean, it also adds in that whole uh, factory element to it. Like, it's very industrial feeling in some parts, which in itself, like, I feel like the whole like the industrial vibe can be scary at times and it's not used enough most haunts. definitely i literally just went to a haunt that had uh it was th it was three haunts uh first one was very classic on house second one was out in the woods and the last one was a factory and i mm. that factory setting was terrifying i've never been in a right? factory based haunt it was <laughs> horrifying 
Like it was, it was genuinely one of the scariest and best haunted house I've ever been to. Yeah, but like, it I, seems like such a normal, like for some people, everyday thing. But like it, it just it gets you. Like it's just the cold feeling and just the loud noises and everything. It's ugh. exactly <laughs> it's it's it was it was terrifying. Um, but I I love Doll Factory, so I'm so glad you picked that one. Um, <laughs> Uh, but you said it looks kind of common. I really, I really do think Knott's making that is what turned it into a more common thing. Because Knott's has true, a huge true. influence on the haunt industry. Like, right. I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it. I do find it sometimes coincidental that Knott's does an underwater house. HHN does an underwater mm-hmm. house. Knott's oh, does worry. a doll-based have... house. HHN does a doll-based house. Not. I have one coming up that's very, very, um, very much that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's why I'm just kind of like, not does an Old West house, and Chin does an Old West hmm. house. And I'm not <laughs> saying they copy each other, but I do know that Knott's is very influential within the, the haunt community as a yes. whole. Because they yes. do have some of the most creative and original um, um concepts of any mm-hmm. not only theme park event but also haunt in general yeah and, and like being that originator of those <laughs> ideas or at least one of the first people to pull them off like they they do it so well i mean there's one part where like it's not just the dolls in the maze but you also have um th- these evil stuffed animals you have this one animatronic that looks it looks almost exactly like uh the concoction the that did from one? Toy Story. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That did make some Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, you have factory workers, and you have, like, mm-hmm. the doll maker himself, who's turning the victims into dolls. And so, um, I I genuinely love it. And plus, um, it just had such, like, a, like, a lot of the actors in there had a very original, scare style that you didn't really see very often in houses or mazes. <clears throat> um, because they really, the, the way they embodied the toy aspect of it was very different than just like a jump out and scream at you kind of deal. Oh, yeah. It was like the movements and uh, just the body language of the actors was so well executed. It really added to that immersion and that suspension of disbelief that, oh, these aren't actors. These are, these are toys. They have mechanical parts inside of them. Yeah, it, it was it was so different from anything that I had ever seen before. And so, you know, I, I think that's a great choice. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, so my number four, um, it had it has a very much longer name, but I am not using the entire long name because nobody ever did. Um, it is in-game fallout shelter. <clears throat> or in games Fallout Shelter. The full name I think is In Games Warriors of the Warriors of the Apocalypse Fallout Shelter. <laughs> Which is extensive. You know. It's just like Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, you know, like adventure extraordinaire. <laughs> like what like <laughs> it was a very Disney name with that. It was very long for no reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I personally, like, normally I don't love, like, um, end-of-the-world apocalypse kind of themed houses. Only because, if I'm honest, that scares me. Because um, 
I don't know. I just have like trauma from 2012, and oh everybody saying the world's gonna end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the movie 2012, and like all of this end of the world stuff. So you know, I have a lot of trauma from that, um, as well as uh, slight Y2 uh, Y2K trauma, but that's very little because mm. I was pretty young. Um, <clears throat> but um, with that, I really enjoyed this game. Be- or not this game, this um, this maze. I you know, fall it's a game. I really enjoyed this uh, maze because um, it was something again I had not really seen before at that time. Um, like yes, they've had apocalyptic style houses before, but this one really took it to a new level because you were stuck in this small fallout shelter, um, <clears throat> and uh, you ended up like traversing the tunnels of you know this fallout shelter and this society of people who um have been mutated and messed with and deformed by you know the nuclear bombs and stuff that were going off for the end of the world and you know they're half creature half human and there were all these really really awesome scares and one of my favorites was this one and it was like multiple cages full of like animatronic like deformed like monkeys and they would all screech and rattle at the same time and i thought that was such a cool scare plus you know all these kind of tattered you know gas mask costumes and like half rat half human being deals like it was it was really really cool and i really liked it and i liked that you know like it started out with a siren you had news updates as you were going through so like as you're going through, you, you're seeing like what, like you're hearing and seeing what is happening out in the world, you know, after the end of the world has happened and you're fighting for your life to get out of this. And I just thought it was a really, really fun and exciting maze. Um, Parker, I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Have you ever seen it? No, I don't think I have. <clears throat> it, it It is an older one. It, it is a early 2010s maze. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. You know, it's like 2010, 2011, 2012 kind of deal. Um, gotcha. Somewhere within those years. And it, it was just a really, really cool concept. And it was something I hadn't seen um, before, I guess. And, that you know, they really, play, they really played into something topical that was a real fear for a lot of people at that time. And so I think that is what made it so interesting to me. Like, they, they weren't afraid to hold. Like, they weren't afraid of that. Nice. <laughs> okay, Parker, <laughs> what is your number three? Okay, my number three might sound familiar to those of you who know what's going on uh, with HH Ed Mazes this year, but it's Tooth Fairy. Not sitting first, oh y'all. My Not sitting first. I literally <laughs> was thinking when that was announced, I was like, oh, I forgot Tooth Fairy Mazes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm so, so glad. Oh, by the way, not Sid, a maze called Pinocchio Unstrong, and HHN also has a puppet theater maze this year. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, can I go Plus, through HHN homework? Yeah, for us, Parker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, continue, continue, continue. Oh, but yeah, Tooth Fairy, it's... I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Explain it <clears throat> It's your, uh, you know, it's your dentists and your evil tooth fairies. And it, it's just, it, it's freaky. Like, I don't have a fear of the dentist in real life, but this maze, uh, I mean, I, I could, <laughs> you know? I agree. Like- <laughs> I agree. It was very scary. And then that giant tooth fairy animatronic at the end. 
Yes. That yes. was horrifying. And I mean, and I- like, there's a couple other points where they have this giant drill, and I'm pretty <sighs> sure it blows puffs of air at you. Like, that's what it seemed like yeah. in the videos. Yeah, and then there's some scenes okay. where you have these, I think they're, yeah, they're mannequins, but they're in the this uh, dentist chair, but their entire bottom jaw is missing, and it's just so gory and bloody and gross. It was, it was a very gory maze, but also, like, very, like, surreal. Like, it was very mm-hmm. much, like, surrealism-based. Because it yeah, was, like... Yeah, it was like, kind of, like, a mix of gore and fantasy, I guess. Yeah, but, but with a touch of real life, because, like, everything looked... It was almost as if you were having, like, a nightmare or, like, tripping mm. out at, at your dentist office. Yes, yes, that makes sense. <clears throat> um, but also, like, what I thought was really crazy about that maze as well is how there were multiple parts where there was just, like, really wide open space. And that's not something you see in a haunt very often. Mm, true. And I think that's something that made it so unsettling, because, like, y- there were multiple points where you're like, I am in the dark in this wide open space, and I have no idea where anybody or anything is going to come from. And I don't know where I'm going. And I think that was yeah. I think that was a really scary touch that they added to the to that maze. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Plus that one wall with like all the disturbing like teeth and mouth videos. Yes. Do you remember that? that was so <laughs> freaky. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I loved that maze. That's a great choice for a number three. Thank you. You're welcome. So my number three is Black Magic. And I know it's a more recent maze, but I loved it so much. I loved the animatronic like dummy head at the top that would talk to guests. I loved the facade that would fall apart throughout the night. Like I loved this maze. It was all about like uh, Houdini or a Houdini-esque um, character who would do this black magic and you were going into this haunted uh, magician's theater. And I just loved how unique the scares were in there. Like, you know, you you would have somebody like looking in their mirror and they would look beautiful, but they'd turn around and then they'd be horrifying. And you had like a teleportation scare where it was uh, two like actors dressed the exact same, but one would like go in to the side and the other one would pop out and scare the crap out of you. Like they teleported from one Ooh. side to the other. And uh, my favorite scare in the entire, the entire. There were lots of really cool ones. Um, that I think there was also a flying scare in there, um, similar to the the witch that they have in the Curse of Calico right now. Oh, I was about to say flying scare. What's that? And I'm like, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like they would fly over the guest and uh, yeah. screech and whatnot. But my favorite scare in there was actually, um, it was this container, and it it was like a bubble wall. It looked like the actor was underwater. The the makeup and mask and all that stuff would look like their their hair was floating and everything and they would move as if they were floating and then they would slam against the glass because it was plexiglass and it was terrifying because they literally looked like it was a person suspended in water and, and it's it's very simple how they did it you know it's bubbles and water between two pla- panes of glass but like mm-hmm. it was so convincing and you know they look all chained up and whatnot just like Houdini would do and it was awesome like i loved that maze i thought it was one of the most unique and beautiful mazes that they have ever done yeah that sounds great i i, I don't think i've i've seen that one i'm gonna it, have it, to look that one up now <laughs> it has a very like vintage like 
1800s, like late 1800s, early 1900s kind of aesthetic mm. of um, clothing and whatnot. Gotcha. So I was a very big fan of that one. <clears throat> okay, what is your number two? Well, speaking of 1800 style clothing, my number two is the Terror of London. <gasps> no way, that was my number six. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so this is one that I've kind of-ish been able to experience because it came to Wonderland for a couple years and it's it was one of my all-time favorite mazes. Like, I think, um, like, if it wasn't my number one, it was definitely my number two, but... I just love it so much because you're going through all these dark and dingy alleyways and at one point you're in a brothel and at one point you're in a bar so it has all these really diverse sets um, but of course the premise is that it's based on the Jack the Ripper murders so it's like 1800s England and it's just I don't know I think the fact that they based this maze on an actual historical event on a real life serial killer is just it's not something you see a whole lot but it's just it's great like it was so immersive and it was the fog the low-lying fog uh, in that maze was so good that maze looks so like wet and drippy and dreary yeah. and i genuinely <laughs> do not know how they did it so well like, I there's don't one point where they have like the boat in like this little yes! body of water <laughs> like it looks like there's a river right there with fog rolling off of it it's it was insane. so Good. Ter Terror of London is literally one of the best mazes I've ever seen, like, set-wise, costume-wise, that Knox has ever mm -hmm. put on. You talk about like the said, brothel. I loved that section. Yes. Because they would have, like, women up on the beds. When people are, like, a, a good scare, and this is coming just from years of scare acting, like, a really, really good scare is when you are above the audience, because mm. that's such a power dynamic. Mm -hmm that really terrifies people. When somebody is taller than you and they look bigger than you, it's a more, it shows that they have more power and whatnot. Like it's a very primal like thing mm -hmm. that's wired into us. So when those women would be like up on those beds, screeching and yelling at you, it was terrifying. Indeed. Yes. And like I said, like it, <laughs> like e even at what, even the Canada's Wonderland iteration, like one of the best ones I've ever seen. It's it it, it 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 is a really good maze, and I'm glad trickled down into one of it was one of those ones that deserved to trickle down into the other parts. Yes, yes. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I totally agree. Terror of London was such a good maze, and plus all the Jack the Ripper scares were amazing. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the one where like it was like him, like in it, it he was like inside, and it would happen. And like you would see it like through the like the blinds of the window, like it was like a like a shadow. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I know the one you mean. Yeah, and then you would like end up going in that room. Like I don't know how they yeah. did it. I don't know if it was like on a, <laughs> like a video on a loop. They had actors doing it, but it was a really cool scare that you were just like, oh, I don't want to go in there. But now and, you gotta and then go you in do. There. <laughs> 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 so my number two is one of my all-time favorite mazes and i was really struggling if i should put it number one or not it is what i consider one of the most beautiful mazes one of the most creative and it gives me every little bit of halloween joy that i could ever have and it, i love it so much that my halloween costume was inspired by it this year 
and it is trick or treat. Yes. So those of you who don't know what trick or treat was, it was one of the first mazes that reintroduced uh, the green witch, uh, Sarah Marshall back into the knots like scary farm lexicon, I guess you could say. And what it was, was she had this house that was very old school haunted house. It was decorated for Halloween. Like there's pumpkins everywhere. There's like Halloween trick or treat banners and all that stuff. And you would walk up, ring the doorbell, have to yell trick or treat. And then you'd enter into her house to go get your candy. <clears throat> and you would walk around and it was some beautiful sets. It was such a realistic looking house. Like you would have a staircase full of thousands of jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, you would go into her library where books were flying around while she was doing a spell. All her possessed trick-or-treaters were out in their vintage mask and costumes and whatnot. Um, the bathroom scene was amazing, uh, where they would have the witch looking in the mirror and then she would turn around and her reflection would still be there in a the mirror while she's scaring you. Like, it was just so cool. And, like, you've got all these, like very old school kind of feels like you know there was like there was like vamp there was vampire scares and like pumpkin creature scares and ghosts that were like in sheets and you know green witch uh skeleton like it, it was it was very old school haunted house but still terrifying and um it ended in that really amazing final dinner scene where mm, she would fly mm. above the audience while all the other, like, while all her minions were, like, praising her and, like, going off. And then she would sh send this chandelier crashing down to the table. <laughs> like, it was just such a good house. And then they did the lights out version, which is where they gave mm. you a flashlight and you had to go through. Um, I personally didn't like that one because I feel that the sets and design were just so good that it really didn't need that. Um, but you know, it was a good house to give it to. I'll give it that because it, it, it goes along with the vibe and the story of the house. But I personally like it more without that. Um, plus that hallway of mask that lit up. I'll never get over yes. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll never get over it. It was so amazing. Also the under the bed scare where they were like on like this like wheeled trolley where they could like throw themselves out at your feet from under the bed. That was so cool. Like, I love Trick or Treat so much. And it, give, it gives you all the Halloween feelings that you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some other... I know there's another maze that has made it through other parks. Has Trick or Treat ever made it to Canada's Wonderland? Not really. We have a scare zone called Trick or Treat. And the backstory is that there's possessed Trick or Treaters. But it's, it's not the same. Like, it has nothing to do with the witch. And it's more like, oh, there's creepy trick-or-treating children that that's it and it like i said it's a scare zone and they just had a few little like i want to say two meter by two meter houses that's like i don't know 12 feet from the rest of you right. <laughs> but, but it's me just, trying to do the conversions on my script it wasn't yeah <laughs> it wasn't the name it, it was just a name it wasn't really it, it wasn't it it wasn't it so it's it cool. shares a name but not really a backstory yeah exactly Okay, good to know, good to know. It is a it is a house that I really wish I could have went to. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just so obsessed with those, like, vintage 1960s, 1970s, you know, costume kind of vibes. 
that like I, I had to do a Halloween costume eventually. I've always wanted to do like a cosplay or costume inspired by it, but that's why I did it this year. If you guys want yeah. to check it out, you can go see it on my TikTok and my Instagram and Twitter. It's as well. so good. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really am proud of it. Like I am this you is probably one be. of my favorite costumes I've ever done. And it was very simple, but I just feel like it works so effectively. Oh, and it, I'm it so really proud is. of it. <laughs> Thank you so much. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> it, it's honestly really close to beating out my favorite costume, which I ever, that I ever did, which was um, it was a Jungle Cruise like inspired skipper. But if the oh, Jungle Cruise yes. had gone wrong, I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen that. But like it was, it was years ago. Like I posted. No, I that remember that one. Before. I can picture it. <laughs> yeah, I had like a giant snake around me. I had like marks and like uh, like. Uh, like uh, coils around me where like I lost blood. I was I really loved that costume, um, <clears throat> and that's my favorite. But this is this is a close second. Um, <clears throat> uh, but so that's my number two. So now we're down to our number one favorite past uh, mazes. And so Parker, what's your number one? <laughs> well. Um, if you're not going to put Trick or Treat at number one, I guess I will. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, no, the whole time. Like, I'm trying to give, like, as minimal response as I can. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my <laughs> but, gosh. I was literally sitting here. I'm like, how does he not love this? No, we have, no I was holding I was like, it We're in, so similar, but, so how does he not love <laughs> No, here it is. I love it. It's amazing. Um, I mean, Scott, you already touched on a lot of the major points, but... Um, yeah, no, just everything about it, like those vintage masks, like the, like everything with the witch, and I mean, it, it, it like on the surface, it, it might look like a traditional haunted house, but it's just so much more. Like it, there's so much creativity that, like they, I guess they took the concept and put so much creativity and thought into it, and just overall, it's so so well executed. Right, and they did that, but also like so many haunted house houses and mazes at uh, like theme park events and haunts in general don't want to do traditional cheesy haunted house and so it's almost impossible to find a haunted house like that exactly trick or treat was that it was such a refreshing take on just like Mm -hmm. old school traditional haunted house monsters ghosts witches like all the classic thing like when you think of halloween trick or treat has all of it like all like like it has it but like it's not cheesy it, it's it, like it's the quintessential hot like classic haunted house like it's exactly and it was good enough want. to be on ellen so mm, true i i love like trick-or-treat is it's it it's not my number one but it might as well be but <laughs> Fair. My, my number one is actually one that you already said. And my number one is actually the doll factory. Oh, hey. <laughs> now, I know we already went into it really deeply, so I'm not we don't need to go for that. But the reason it's my number one is, is it was the very first knots maze I had ever seen. And oh. it influenced my scare acting so extremely much. And that's why I brought that up. Mm. Uh, was like how they did it is it influenced how I develop my my characters when I my characters when I worked at haunts so deeply because I was obsessed with it I was obsessed with the actors the music even though I know the music's from Dead Silence but um it definitely <laughs> like really went with that me you know that's oh, what Knott's was able to get away with some of that stuff <laughs> um 
<laughs> not anymore. But, you know, back then, you know, they did some things before the internet. <laughs> or at least before YouTube. Yeah. Um, or before YouTube got huge. But, like, the Doll Factory, I was just so obsessed with it. I loved how the girls, like, I love how the, uh, the reason I say the girls is I really, really loved how the girls would do, like, back bends and really, like, yes. really contort themselves <laughs> to get those scares. And they were amazing. Um, so, you know, like, I was, like, I tried so many years to do a good Doll Factory inspired, um, look. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. before Annabelle, before any of that, I was trying to do that based off the, the, you know, the, the, the not scary farm maze. And I just could not get it. I couldn't get it. I tried so hard, but I couldn't get it. Um, because I have no, ma- I had no makeup skills. And I still have almost no makeup skills and so <laughs> you know like i i have loved that the doll factory for years um because I, ju- I just think it's amazing it is. <laughs> um i'm so glad trick or treat was your number one because it's so oh. it. <laughs> it does like I, I i'm still obsessed with it to to today um <clears throat> now since i did have a top 10 i'm going to go through my other ones not really get into them but just kind of say the names um, so my number 10 was Delirium, um, just because I thought it was really cool how it went from Asylum to Delirium when they had them back to back. Um, I was really upset with that because Delirium was going into one of the Asylum patients' minds. Um, <clears throat> and it, it was just very trippy and very scary and really, uh, went on and like showed a lot of, um, what I think is, like, genuinely good, like, representation of, like, some mental, different mental illnesses, which I think was really interesting. But it was done in a very tasteful way. Like, it wasn't to, like, make fun of people. It was, like, it it almost made you feel sorry for the people in the asylum instead uh, of being scared of them. Yeah. And I think that's what made it so interesting. <clears throat> um, number nine is Virus Z, since I switched it with Shadowlands. Number eight was <laughs> Carnival of Carnivorous Clowns. Um... Which, uh, I also really liked, uh, Killer, or Killer Clown College, um, KCK, um, <clears throat> but I, I prefer Carnival of Carnivorous Clowns over that one. Mm. Um, and then I had Club Blood as number seven, because... Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna give this out to the world. Um, I have a fear of nightclubs, and always have, um, and, uh, it's, it, it's based on some, like, like real like trauma stuff and mm. some scary things that happened to me um but i think that's the reason i find it so intriguing is because i personally have that fear and so to put a haunt in the setting of a club um personally i guess i'm intrigued to see um because i guess other people also have that fear um mm. and then i had terror of london and uh those are the only ones those are the ones you guys uh, missed for me and uh, that I think is going to bring us to an amazing episode 30 um, but before we go I do I want to ask this before we do plugs Parker are there any other mazes current or not current that you think deserve like a shout out that, that you think people should check out Ooh, okay yes um, so I guess uh, some of the ones from my short <laughs> list uh, were Dead Man's Wharf which was really interesting because it kind of took um, it took the haunt kind of underwater into that setting, which is not a world we see a lot in haunt. So I thought that was really cool. Very much. It's crazy. Uh, HHN also haunted them. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Blood Bayou. Uh, with my- <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, I was so close <laughs> to putting that because the choose your own adventure style of that house was so crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, just the whole Bayou theme is always great. They had, they had a ver- this, <clears throat> this is one that came down to Canada's Wonderland, and uh, I love that one so much. Um, Asylum was another one I put. Um, Redbeard's Revenge, that's not like both Asylum and Redbeard's Reven- Revenge were both at Wonderland as well. Uh, Slaughterhouse. Uh, oh, I, I love Slaughterhouse. Yes. And I also put Carnival of Carnivorous Clowns in there. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Now, some uh, current ones that I need to shout out are Dark Ride and Pumpkin Eater. Both of them yes. look amazing. I am uh, obsessed with Dark Ride. Yes, yes. Um, now, there's one on here that I thought, like, it, it, I don't think it deserved to be on the list, but I find it interesting, and that is Mirror Mirror. And it's, for those of you who don't know, it's just like a mirror maze, like just a regular mirror maze. Um, but, you know, the lights are dimmed and they flicker and sometimes the lights strobe and there's actors in there. And I thought it was a really cool concept. Just, it, it, it just felt too one-dimensional to go on this list. Like if they had incorporated the mirror maze thing into another concept, I think it would have been perfect. So I guess yeah. it was, it, like it seemed like a good idea. It just should have been built into something else. And then the one that intrigued me, but I couldn't really find any information on it, was Elvira's Nightmares, which is the maze oh based Same. on yeah, anything Elvira. Yes, like like you know, like I know it's good because it's Elvira. Just I couldn't find any <laughs> information to back that up. <laughs> <laughs> I no, couldn't find supporting facts. So. Exactly, I'd be like anything Elvira deserves to be on the list, but I I've never seen it, so I can't really say anything <laughs> about it. <laughs> and I looked, I looked hard, but no, nothing, nothing came up. <laughs> uh, I will say, um, I also agree with the shout out for that, but I also want to shout out Mesmer this year. It's really amazing. Um, it has some of the most unique scares I've ever seen in any haunt, and it has some of the most unique sets I've ever seen in any haunt. So Mesmer, and then also Curse of Calico, mm, um, yes, I'm loving yes. because of the witch, but also all the theme park and ghost town references in there. I mean, yeah. even Caddy Wampus has multiple <laughs> scares in there, and that's amazing. Shout <laughs> Eye Joe is there, Haunted Shack reference, like it's so good. <laughs> No, that is quintessential, like, not. So I'm so glad they had that one. <laughs> Say, like, I love it. So I wanted to give that a shout out as well. But as you can see, we're both big fan boys of Scary Farm. Um, <laughs> I was, I want to get out there one day. I'm sorry I missed these throwbacks that um, we put on our list. But I am so excited that we got to this episode because I love geeking out about Scary Farm. It's so cool. Um, and <laughs> I want to go ahead and say this as somebody, if you don't live in California, it's a little difficult to find people who were like into scary farm. True. Um, yeah. People who were like into Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando. Cause you know, that's a bit, that's a bigger event nationwide than it is, um, statewide, but scary farm is very big in California and at least on the, the, the West coast, um, where you get over to the Midwest and the East coast and the South people are like, I don't really know what that is. So, you know, it's hard to find a good scary farm um, friend <laughs> there. So I was so excited for this episode. Um, <laughs> so uh, with all that being said, it's time for plugs. Parker, what would you like to plug? Well, I have a few things. Um, 
big thing, of course, is my channel. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a channel. It's called Adventures with Parker, and it's all about theme parks, travel, and local attractions. Um, I do have a few vlogs from Canada's Wonderland's Halloween Haunt. They were um, great. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're some of my favorite videos to produce every year, so I'm really happy with the way um, this year's had uh, turned out. Um, but yeah, I also do theme park discussions, so kind of like news, history, personal opinion, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, check it out. Along with that, um, I also have Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I mean, I also have Facebook, but I don't really use it, but it's there. Um, and you can find me <laughs> at ADV Parker. Oh, TikTok. Um, I, I, I kind of go back and forth about how I use TikTok, but it's kind of part theme park stuff, part just me and my life. But it's there. It's at Adventures with Parker. And I have one more thing to plug, um, which doesn't really have a name yet. But I am in the process of starting my own podcast. I will hey. be collaborating with Amusement Insiders, who's also a big Canada's Wonderland-based YouTuber. So uh, make sure you follow him as well. But yeah, if you follow me and or him, um, we'll give you updates on uh, when that starts and when we have a name. I mean, we kind of do. It's just not locked in, so I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there and it be wrong. But that is. But just be soon. looking for it. Just be looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so excited. So I, I have said this from the very beginning. If there if there are two theme park channels that you are not following, then you are missing out. One of them is Adventures with Parker and the other is Corey Mathery. <laughs> and I will always shout those two these two out. But like if you are not subscribed, you are missing out on some of the best theme park content that is out there. And I, I am just telling you straight up, like everybody has their favorite vloggers. Y'all need to branch out because these are <laughs> Like, there are some really amazing channels, and these two are two that if you love theme parks and you're not subscribed, you are missing out. And I stand by that statement. Feet in the ground. Roots planted. <laughs> like, you're not getting me off this hill. Because it just it just works. And I said that before I was friends with either one of them. Because I followed them both before <laughs> we became friends. Like, I have had this opinion for a hot minute. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Scott. You are welcome. Um, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Scott021 or look up Dyslexic. You can follow me on Instagram at Dyslexic96 and on uh, TikTok at Dyslexic. Um, I know, lots of different changing things, but I had all this before I decided to make a thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you can also follow uh, or you can also listen to uh, the Dyslexic podcast every week. Um, thank you all once again for joining us. If you like this episode, you can find all of season one through three of Dyslexic on your favorite podcast platform of choice and also season one and two of Ultimate Imagineer, which is my theme park design competition that happens every January on all major podcast platforms. If you really, really like this episode, then give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends and family. I have a lot of people who put a lot of work into the show. And it's a lot of love and a lot of heart. So I'd really love for it to grow for all these amazing people. Um, thank you all once again for joining us. Have a happy Halloween, everybody. Stay safe. And Happy Halloween. <laughs> yes. And as always, and to quote Elvira, unpleasant dreams. Bye, everybody. Bye.